Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What a jump ball! He's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first half. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, hello and welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson, Ryan Pay, all here with you again this week. It's the All-Star break in the NBA. Detroit currently sitting at 19-38 and 38 overall, but boys, happy All-Star break, and how we doing today? Doing all right? Yeah, doing good. You know, there's not a lot of news or anything like that regarding the Pistons, but hey, we're still here. We're going to put on a show and we're going to have a good time. Yeah, you know, just getting by, I guess. Just trying to get through. Kind of what we have to do at this point. That's what we have to do at this point, not only as a podcast, but as Pistons fans. Just get through it. It really, we're sitting here discussing, well, what do we want to talk about on the podcast today? What can we really get into? And Well, it's kind of a great question because there's so few debates to be had and I just do want to thank those that reached out to me saying that they agreed with my stance on some of the debate we were having last week um you know I know some reached out to Aaron as well but you know some of Aaron's Aaron's close counterparts he doesn't even know that I got a couple texts who was it about him no 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 uh, <laughs> Who was it? Mom? <laughs> Mom's automatically on my side, so that's not even a debate. Did, but, are we sure? Okay, here's the thing. I don't believe anyone reached out to anyone. It wasn't on Twitter. It didn't happen. Uh, how about, hey, listen to the pod last week. Totally agree with you. Don't understand why Aaron is so high on Lewis King. Who said this? Uh, one of your friends. Oh, One of your interesting, friends. Interesting. I mean, he's our friend, but I mean, he's like, he's your friend. So, on Twitter, no, 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 no. This was a text. I re- a Snapchat message. Actually, I received. So, oh. screenshots on Twitter or it didn't happen. I uh, swear to God, I'm, wow. I, I think the kids are now saying expose them. Expose them. All right, I'm going to throw the name out. Don't. Thank you. You Thank don't have you. to. Just put it on Twitter. You don't have to put it on the pod. <laughs> DC. I'll just give oh. that. Aaron knows. Aaron, Interesting. Not Aaron, Interesting. very animated right now. Well, that's the last time we'll be playing basketball together. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's get into this. Well, you know, we're talking about, well, what do we get into? What are we going to discuss? Well, there's one debate out there that I, I have a feeling, I really hope, that we all can find some agreement on here, but the debate of Luke Kennard versus Zvi Mihailuk. And there are some people saying that, well, they'd rather just move forward with Zvi in the starting lineup. Now, boys, you've got to choose between Luke Kennard and Zvi Mihailuk as your starting two guard going forward. Is this a debate? Where are you feel? Where, where are you, where's your mind at, Aaron? Where are you on this? So the way I see this and. You know, I, I get some of the merits of the debate. You know, Svi is not going to have to get paid as soon as Kennard. Svi has come on, and when he started, done some of the things that Kennard has done. And, and shooting-wise, has done it even better than Kennard. But at the end of the day, the way I see it is this is still Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard, is, before he got hurt, was playing the best basketball of his career, 
and everyone was talking about how this guy is going to be like the next big piston, you know, and I just, I don't understand, you know, if it's just because he hasn't played recently or, or what the situation is that people have kind of turned on him, but this is still canard to me. A- average 16, 4-4 four and four before I got hurt, over 44% from the field, 40% from the three-point line, had been playing really good basketball. So the way I see it, this is still canard uh, in this debate. I like Svee a lot, but I look at, Svi's shortcomings, and I don't know how much I buy into him being a great finisher at the rim. He's not the type of secondary distributor uh, that Luke Kennard is. I just think Kennard has played better, has a higher ceiling, and does more outside of just scoring the basketball than Mahai Luke does. I think you hit the nail on the head with the phrase, higher ceiling. I am in agreement. I think what we're seeing from Svi right now is kind of what he's going to be the rest of his career. I still think Luke Kennard is an ascending player. I still think he has a lot of room to grow. And if they're semi-decently even, I still think Luke Kennard's better right now, and there's still much more room to grow for Luke Kennard. It's no contest for me. It's Luke Kennard. Yeah, and the other thing is we haven't seen Luke Kennard play in a while. It's funny how quickly you can forget how good someone was playing when they get hurt and you don't see them for several weeks. Especially when someone is playing pretty well, like right. Svi is. I very much enjoy Svi, and he is playing well, and it makes you, especially because he's been shooting better than Luke was shooting. So it does make you forget, but it's recency bias. Absolutely. It is, it is absolutely recency, recency bias. bias. And, you you know, it's not like you can really make the argument of, oh, Mihailus is a younger player, you know, there's more uh, long-term potential with him. There's only a year difference, you know, Svee's 22, Luke's 23. And, and look, I, it's just the numbers are very, very close in respect of shooting numbers. Kennard is the better overall scorer. Kennard is the better distributor. Kennard is the better rebounder. Neither of them are ever going to be great defensively. You know, neither of them have great wingspans. I mean, Mihailuk has a negative wingspan, so none, neither of them are going to ever be ball stoppers or you know great team defenders on the other, on the other side of the floor. But you kind of really have to look at them for what they're going to contribute offensively. And I think that Kennard adds more of an element to your team than Mihailuk does. I really don't know how big of a debate it can be. And I like V. He's a good player, and when he's gotten his chance this season. He has, and remember, I was high on Svi. I think Ryan was too going into the season. Of That's a guy we were really looking out for. And he got that opportunity, and he's run with it. But still, Kennard, again, this is recency bias. Because Kennard started the season and was playing incredibly well. And because we haven't seen him in a couple months, people have forgotten how good he was, how excited he got people. People aren't remembering those 30-point games against Indiana. Let's not forget how amped up we got over Luke Kennard with his performances this year. And let's not forget the conversation we had this year about how the team took a huge nosedive when he went out. Yes, missing Blake Griffin, 1 million percent hurt. Yes, Derrick Rose being injured on and off hurt. Yes, missing Reggie Jackson hurt. But this team was kind of, you know, skating by in the middle. And then Luke Kennard got hurt and it got ugly. Let's not forget, Luke Kennard is just a better playmaker. He's a better fit. 
I just, I just think he's just a better player. Mm-hmm. Aaron, he's just a better player. And that's not a knock on Svee. I hope Svee's here for a long time coming off the bench. I do. I love Svee. I've loved him since I watched him at Kansas. Because I watch more college basketball than I do NBA. So I've been around and known Svee forever. And when he came to the Pistons, I'm like, I- I'm here for this. I yeah. like this because I enjoy him because he's athletic. He can shoot. And I'm here for it. But he's a nice bench piece. When you look at it from a per 100 possessions basis, Kennard averages more points at 23.5 compared to Luke at 19.7. He averages more assists at 6.1 to 3.6. Kennard averages just point one more point zero one or point ah oh god point one more turnovers than than Luke. And again, I just mentioned the variance in assists, and then Kennard averages uh, more rebounds as well. The numbers just, just they just kind of prove Kennard's a better player. And I get he's been able to play in the NBA another season, and I get that. But I just, it, to me, if I'm building a team, am I going to take right now what looks to be just a very good knockdown shooter? He can do a few other things here and there in my loop. Or am I going to take a guy that shoots it incredibly well, can score off the dribble, can help initiate the offense, is a good secondary distribu- secondary distributor, rebounds well for his position and for his size. It, to me, I'm taking Kennard every single time. I agree. No, and, and you guys have made the points. So There's not a need to repeat them all, but I want to go back to just the first one. You talk about he's an ascending player, that higher ceiling. The guy that appears he still has more to accomplish. Svee's put together a nice year, but just of a, a subjective or relative complete player... Luke is more of a complete player than Svee is. Right. Yeah, that's that's what it is at the end of the day. And, again, it's not a knock on Svee because I know there are a lot of people that like what he does and what he brings to the table, and I understand that completely. And I know that's going to upset people. Me being one of them. Right. <laughs> Myself, you know, I already, I already said, like, Ryan and I were two guys going into the going into this season and we're like, Svee has got to be in the rotation. The Pistons have to find a way to get my high Luke minutes. And they have, and he's played well. But it's a no-brainer that when you look at upside, Kennard has that upside. The only reason I can see someone saying I'd rather move forward with Mihailuk and maybe they should have traded Kennard at the deadline was because of Luke's injury bugs and because you're going to have to pay Luke sooner. That's the only reasons that I could see uh, someone saying that they should have gone mm-hmm. with Mihailuk over Kennard. And the thing is, it's not like Kennard's got this like proven injury track record where, oh man, the guy's going to be hurt forever. And you know, I mean, yes, he's had an injury. Yes, he's had some time out. Yes, they're letting him fully recover rather than forcing him back, as they one hundred percent totally should. So there's not enough of a, a, an even an injury record to be like, yeah, the guy's going to be hurt. He's injury prone. We can't trust him. I think it's a no-brainer. And it's nice to see, I think, that we all agree on this one. I think this is a first for us, fellas. First in a while, at least. That all three are on board. Every once in a while, we come across. This was a softball for Brendan. It was a softball. There's a reason we all agree. This one was a softball. You're such a jerk. You're such a jerk. Aaron's that, like... Behind the mic, or he's like the keyboard hero, you know. Like he'll go on Twitter, Twitter and fingers exactly, over here. Exactly, Twitter. I'm fingers. saying it right to your face. Yeah, but you're hiding behind a, a microphone here, where I, like, you know, you're right like, next to me. Take a swing, sir. Man, it, it, it just you take know, a swing. I, I do I, it. Listen, 
I'll let do you, it. I'll let you stay. I'll let you stay in your element here. It's okay. I'll let you have your moment. Okay. I'll let you have your moment. Oh, okay. You know, I'll let you have your moment there. But you know, a guy that maybe has had his moment, uh, or starting to have his moment in the NBA, is Thon Maker. Finally, Aaron and Thon Maker. Can we we just let's compare the two? <laughs> Aaron and Thon. <laughs> Yeesh. But is Thon Maker seriously, is he turned a corner? Is he a guy that, with the way he's been playing lately, the Pistons could utilize as a backup center beyond this year? A guy that they could give another contract to uh, and keep him around for two, three more years? What Thon has done the last few games since Andre's been moved, I've enjoyed watching. I know Thon's a high-motor guy, and he works hard. And I, when he got traded here, I said there's potential there with Thon. You can get it. Uh, if you can get it out of him, he can be a decent player. That being said, I'm still not sold on, sold on Thon. You can't do it for three games and have him be like, bring him back. Yeah. Can't do it. I need to see it the rest of the year. And even then, it's been such a roller coaster of mostly lows with Thon and his time in Detroit that I don't know if I can justify bringing him back right. at all. He needed to come in this year. And really have a strong season. Now, if Thon does this the rest of the year, then maybe it's a different conversation to look at again. But I'm with you. Three games into this, and we're going to go give him a contract to bring him back, like Thon, backup center of the future. Not there yet. But it is nice to see that at least that there's something there. and it makes... This is the Thon I thought we were getting once Stanley Johnson was traded. Yeah. This is what I thought we were getting the whole time. Hot take. We should have just kept Stanley and not traded for Thon. Hey, yes or no? You know what? I didn't yes want to have no. want to say it. I yes really do no. not like that statement <laughs> slash question at all. <laughs> in, One in, guy who won't even pretend to be a Stanley Johnson fan. Right here. <laughs> I'm just glad Brennan posed the question. That's a great question. And that's why you're here. You, you Sometimes you do something well. It's not great well. It's well. And that was something you did well. Thon Maker in seven games in the month of February has averaged 8.6 points on 54.8% shooting from the field, 38.5% from beyond the arc, just 4.6 rebounds per game, however, 1.3 assists. I mean, look, has Thon been better? Absolutely. There's no question about it. You know, he's come in and he's produced, and a big thing for him has been that he's hitting some of those outside shots that teams are giving to him because when you shoot, less than 25% from the three-point line in three of the first four months of the season. Teams are going to give you those shots. Right now, he's hitting them. And is this a, he's hitting them as, you know, teams are, first off, they're giving them to him. And and two, this is him not having played in a while and getting consistent minutes. This is him, you know, just having one of those hot streaks that players have. We know Stanley Johnson had those throughout his time as a Piston. So is that one of those things, or is this a, a, a serious, a real, a consistent sign of improvement? That remains to be seen over the rest of this season. And, and Thon has been decent. Again, I, I still don't think he has been great. He's still not rebounding whatsoever. 4.6 rebounds in 20 and a half minutes per game on this Pistons team, who has nobody else that will rebound the basketball. Thon has got to do a better job of rebound the basketball, just like everyone else on the team does, but that's something specifically that big men have to do. That's something that Thon has to do better. 
I'm not buying into this, to be completely honest with you. I've seen too much bad of Thon Maker. I, I've seen too many clank threes. I, rem- I I still can't get my my eyes away from the playoffs last season when any time Giannis got switched on to him, Thon just wrapped his arms around him and followed him while Thon put it in the basket. Or, excuse me, when Giannis put it in the basket. I can't get over that. And I'm not going to, over what, a three, four, five game stretch, buy into a player that has done so much bad and has played so poorly that, you know, I'm going to say, oh, this is a guy that can be part of the future here. This is a guy that the Pistons should consider giving money to in the offseason. I'm not there right now. I don't know if I will ever be with Thon unless he goes out the rest of this year and plays incredibly well and continues to trend in the right direction and continues to show improvement. My mind this offseason is on paying Christian Wood, testing the waters on a Luke Kennard extension, and then seeing what's out there in free agency. Are there any restricted free agents to take a poke at? You know, It's not on Don Maker. And I'm not going to let a few games in February sway my opinion as of now. I just can't. You said it. We, I, we're in agreement yet again. It's good to be in agreement, Aaron. Yeah. It's very good to be in agreement. How can you let three, four games here post-Andre Drummond really sway you? How can you let that happen? Yes, it's been fun, nice to see, and it was like, hey, Thon's actually doing something. But at the end of the day, it's not like he's been a ton better still. No, I mean, it's, it's not, yeah. He's been like, he's been like, oh, this is kind of like how he should be playing. Yeah, it's, it's not just like, like, oh, this is kind of what he should be doing. It's not like doing. he's shining or anything. Like, right. Like, he had like that one game where he scored like 17 or whatever, and like, that was fine. Like, that was fun. Great. But in general, it's not like he's just going out there and dominating or anything. He's playing pretty average, which has been a big improvement from being terrible. When being average is an improvement, you know that's an issue. And you know that can't sustain. I, it just can't. I don't think it will. I think he's going to come back down to earth. I think we're going to see more John Henson minutes. Hey, John Henson. Hey. I think we're going to see more John Henson to minutes. To be honest, to me, it's, it's just about whatever lineup can help you lose games, do it. Just lose games. I don't care. Lose games. So, well, if that's yeah, Thon, I mean, of course. Screw John Henson minutes. If I hope Thon like, tanks and they keep playing him. So, so, so Thon is going to be 23 in the offseason. Are, are, is he like on your radar of guys that the Pistons should either look to sign or re-sign? No. And, and depending what the contract is. I mean, if it's a really cheap third center, am I completely opposed to it? No. I'm not going to sit here and be like pissed if they re-sign him. If Don comes back as your backup center, though, then that's an issue. If he's if, your third center, I'm okay with it. If he's your second guy, I have an issue with it. If Blake Griffin is traded and we know it's a full-on complete rebuild, bring Thon back for a year or two. Yeah. Fine. I have no problem with that, but I can't commit to him any more than, okay, Blake Griffin got traded. We know we're in burn-it-down mode. We know we're going for Cade Cunningham in the 2021 draft. Oof. Well, that's the thing. To me, it's then like, I'd be okay. If you know, if you know, next year's a wash, whether you trade Blake or not, you still may know that next year's a wash. Then I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm fine. I mean, I'm fine bringing him back. I mean, whatever. It's it, to me, it's like uh, it's not going to be emotional either way. If Don goes, he goes. If he comes back, it's 
as long as it's not like a three-year deal or something stupid. Yeah, see, I'm of the mindset of I'd rather just... I'd rather take a flyer on another young big out there. Like, I just... I don't... I don't see anything with Fon. You know, I, I just... I like him as a person. He's a high-energy dude. He's been supportive of the team. But I just don't see the potential with him. I don't see anything really changing in that respect either. So I'd rather the Pistons take another shot at a wild card kind of guy, just like they did with Christian Wood. Now I think Wood kind of fell into the lap. I don't think he should have been on the market anyway with the performances he was having. I don't think they're going to get a guy like that. But take another flyer on a young big or draft, draft a center. You know, and I was telling Ryan this off the air before the podcast, but... This is why I really wish Detroit was able to get that Brooklyn pick from Atlanta in a Drummond deal. Because if Jalen Smith is on the board, uh, whenever that Brooklyn pick was supposed to be, that I mean, that would have been a great pick for That'd Detroit a in the great mid-first, mid-first round. First round pick. He's Agreed. playing so well right now. He's averaging over like the last like twelve, you know, ten, twelve games, or whatever. He's averaging over twenty points and twelve rebounds. Like this is a guy that last year. And I was watching Maryland because I was on the Bruno Fernando hype train. We and all were. Jalen Smith. That was. was that was a time where we were all on the. We nice were all train. very much on the Bruno train. Yeah, and I still think there's time for that. Yeah, let's not be swayed. <laughs> hey, by this he was year. supposed to come back in the Atlanta deal as well. Let's not be swayed by this season. I still think Bruno is going to be a player. Listen, but anyway, real quick. Yes, Jalen Smith would have been nice to have because I do watch a lot of American Maryland basketball because they're in the Big Ten. Right, and I'm a big. I watched the Big Ten basketball. He is a he's very athletic. Love Dude, he's, his and athleticism. he's doing stuff as a center that's like crazy. Like he's yes, taking, he's like I just I'm watching some film. I mean, he's taking shots off the dribble, off movement, three pointers, like crazy. He is his athleticism as just as a human being is so crucial to his success, and I love it. And it's gonna I feel like it's gonna translate so well in the NBA. But that's just me, and that's why you want that mid mid round pick from yeah. Brooklyn in a trade. But whatever, it's fine. Just, Nothing can ever happen nice for us anyway. Right. But back to the to the main point yes. here. Let's to conclude my final thoughts so that we can move forward. Unless you guys have anything Brendan else to say. Brendan had something to say. But okay. Well, I'm going to finish this really quickly here. Do not get your hopes up with Thon Maker. Do not let him trick you into an extension or anything of that manner. It's just not worth it. The potential is not there. He's going to be 23 again in like a week or two. And he has not shown nearly enough in his time that resonates as a, this is a guy that maybe hasn't completely figured it out yet, but there's something there. Like the flashes haven't even really been there with him. So do not get, do not buy into that. Do not buy into a a couple games. If he does this for the rest of the year and can just get better, We'll have a different conversation in a couple months. But right now, no. But do buy into the fact that Bruno Fernando is destined to be a Detroit Piston before his career is over. And you heard it on the Palace of Pistons podcast. That'd be wild times that did happen. Just saying. It may be like the last stop of his career. It, it may be... Uh, when he's ring chasing? I'm it kidding. may be a ring chase. I'm definitely <laughs> a ring chase signing. Stop. Hey, uh, hopefully, I'd be okay with it. Jeez. But nonetheless, Palace of Pistons said it first. Bruno Fernando is destined to be a Detroit Piston before his NBA career is over. So you can get your hopes up. For we that. had the scoop. 
<laughs> we had, yeah, they we knew had it the, the whole scoop. time. No, we it was the long game. It was a long game. So, well, we just talked for like twelve minutes about Thon Maker. We've done the Luke and Speed debate quickly. You know, you can feel free pause the podcast, hit that subscribe button. Whether you're on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, no matter what, hit that subscribe button, Palace of Pistons. We'd love to get that support. Um, you know, as we continue to go on with the podcast here, it is All Star Weekend as we record, and uh, one of the things that obviously happened over All Star Weekend, if you paid attention to it, was the dunk contest. Now, before the pod. We were talking about it. Ryan's like, hey, I got really no interest in the All-Star Weekend. I didn't really watch the dunk contest. And that's okay. Because I don't want to debate what should have happened in terms of, you know, should Aaron Gordon have gotten the title over uh, Derek Jones Jr. What I want to address is this. I've seen several, several people. This was said on the broadcast last night. And I've seen people, including even LeBron James, going out and saying this. That two trophies should have been handed out last night at the dunk contest. And does that does that bother anybody else? Does that bother anybody that they're that we're now preaching like, hey, let's give these two grown men, just give them both a trophy. For, like it's a subjective thing. You've got judges. Is the is the solution to give two trophies or to just retweak no. the scoring? It's you could and have given two judges. trophies because at the end of the day, Dwayne Wade rigged that that contest. So you should have just given two trophies because Aaron Gordon got robbed for the second time in the dunk contest. And now, not only him, but so far John Morant, and I'm pretty sure there was at least one other person or one other player that said they will not compete in dunk contests ever again because that was utter garbage what happened last night. And Dwayne Wade rigging that and – Giving Aaron Gordon a nine on that final dunk so that his former teammate and Miami Heat player Derek Jones Jr. could get the trophy and and win the win the dunk contest it was just utter garbage. Like I I I I would have been fine with either giving you know making it a tie or or, or making it a a them have to you know do something where it's like they both get one dunk and you have to decide which dunk was better because at the end of the day Aaron Gordon had four fifty scores. He has the most perfect scores in dunk contest history, and he didn't even win the didn't even win it. Derrick Jones Jr. was great; like they were both phenomenal. But Aaron Gordon's final dunk was just as good as Derrick Jones' finals dunk. They both stood about a fifty, and Aaron Gordon ended up forty-seven after dunking over the tallest player in the NBA. Come on, come on! It was, he didn't even practice it. That was pulled out of thin air because he needed another dunk. Taco Fall had no idea that was happening. It just happened, and on the Dude, first Taco try, Taco Fall did it. looked like kind of scared. He, he, he was. He, he said was he was scared after. as shit. I saw the replay on that because, like I said, he I was don't, like, I didn't care no, for it. He serious? was freaking out. You could tell he was like they did the close up as he's like holding the ball and he's just standing there waiting. He's like freaking out, dude. Like freaking. That could have been real bad for everyone. But Aaron Gordon is that much of an athlete that no problem, no problem. Now I'll say this. Like, like I've said, I didn't watch it. I watched some of the highlights. Two trophies? What are we talking about? Exactly. I, it's one thing if they would have tied. Like, we're ten rounds deep. There are no dunks left. It's a tie. We can't. We cannot make a choice. Even then, I'd still be like, what? Two trophies? But t- two trophies? Am I about to have my own Iverson moment here with practice? 
two trophies? Are we? Ki- I I can't even fathom that 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 was brought up as a solution. Two grown ass men, grown ass men. Both give them both trophies. What are you talking about? It, it, there are judges, no matter how rigged it was, because I am on the side of that it is rigged with D Wade giving his yep. teammate, former teammate, the win. It's subjective. There are judges. Who, who are the five judges again? It's D Wade. It was Dwayne Wade, uh, Chadwick Bozeman, Candace Parker, uh, Scotty Pippen, and then Common. Like I, it should just be dunk contest. Former dunk contest winners that I agree. That do it. Dunk contest winners should be the five. One hundred percent. When it comes down to it, if you go into overtime or whatever you want to call it in the dunk contest, it should come down to they both have to do a dunk, and they don't get scored. After they both do the dunk, the, the judges have to come together, and they have to decide which dunk was better. That's how it should have been. Because, and again, Dwayne Wade should have never been a judge in this contest. It should have never happened. And it's just, I get I get not wanting two trophies. I mean, I wouldn't want to see a contest with two people getting trophies. But last night was one of those things where it's like, you look back at it, and this doesn't only affect the dunk contest from this year, but the way other NBA players are talking, it affects dunk contests for a while. If they would have scored them the same and then said, hey, we're taking the combined score of all of your dunks to determine the winner, I think Aaron Gordon would have then won, correct? Yes, yes. If that would have been the solution of like, hey, listen, okay, your final dunk, you both got the same score, we're going to take the combined score. If that was it, like, if that's intertwined to the rules... Then, you know, that's part of a solution. But the big thing, to, you know, and I think we're talking about here is the judges. You know, just random people. Like, oh, whatever. We'll just throw, we'll throw him and we'll throw her. Like, what are we doing? We'll have Black Panther be a judge. He doesn't even want to be out there, but. It, I, I, I really like the idea if it should be former dunk contest winners as dunk contest uh, judges. Here's here's the issue with last night, and it's something Aaron brought up, is that, first off, I feel like the dunk contest has kind of been on life support a little bit over the last five years. Because guys don't want to take part in it. Yep. Um, it's been guys who really aren't that great at high flying. But now, all of a sudden, we have this influx of guys in the league who can make it exciting. Zion, John Morant, Zach Levine is a freak. Aaron Gordon, like there's guys coming into the league and guys who are coming their own now who can make the dunk contest exciting, and you have this fiasco from last night. For an event that, honestly, I've heard more hype for the skills contest and the three-point contest than I have for dunk contests in recent years. And I've watched past dunk contests. They kind of suck. The dunk contest just isn't that great anymore. And it's not necessarily a player's fault. How many new and creative things can you do? And that's that's it, right? Like, how many new dunks can but, you continue? But now to you've with? got these young polarizing figures coming up into the NBA, which could really help the dunk contest. And you have this absolute atrocity, from what it sounds like last night in the judging. The NBA just shooting itself in the foot. The thing is, if they would have if they would have scored them as a tie. If they both would have gotten the same score on their last dunk, I'd have no problem with it. If somebody wanted to argue like, oh, well, I gave it a 9 for this reason, whatever, but they both ended up with the same score, that's fine. But I think both dunks actually deserve 50s in that final round, personally. Mm-hmm. I don't think either of them should have been below. It was, a to me, no-brainer, 10s across the board. So then you take the combined score, 
and well, you crowd it, a champ. It doesn't help that in the early rounds they're tossing around fifties like it's candy on Halloween. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, that's another thing. Why are fifties being handed out so much? Like, like, like they like need to make the fifty an actual perfect score. Fifty should pretty much never be seen. Like Dwight, Dwight Howard got a forty-nine on a dunk where he caught a lob from, you know, Jameer Nelson lobbed it over the backboard to him from the other side, from like the stands area. Cool, I I couldn't do that, so that's great. Like nice dunk. He got a forty-nine. It was and Aaron Gordon on his final dunk got a forty-seven, and Aaron Gordon's dunk was so much better than that dunk. It it, it just Boggles my mind how bad they messed up the dunk contest last night. It was terrible. It, I got, it's on life support, guys. The NBA has... They it got it shouldn't money. be, though, because they have so many good dunkers once again. Yeah. Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine, Derek Jones Jr. But you already it. listed names. Zion and, and Ja should be doing it in a few years. Who knows if they will now. I mean, Ja already said he's not going to participate in it. But now, again, they have this influx. Again, as of you high mentioned. Of Guys that can dunk the ball. And this happens, and they're going to scare... Well, they already scared away Aaron Gordon, who, again, is like the best dunker we've seen in a while, maybe since Dominique, and and, and he's done now. He might be the best overall dunker ever in the dunk contest. He, I mean, he's he's, he's, he's up there. He's up there. He's fantastic. He's fantastic. So, it's just... It's terrible. It, it's terrible that the NBA allowed this to happen. And it is the NBA's own fault. They set themselves up for something like that to happen. I get it. You want to have a, a, a Chicago, uh, you know, Chicago feel to the dunk contest, you know, to the NBA All-Star Weekend because you're in Chicago. So you get people from Chicago, Wade, Common, Candace Parker. You get those people. But you put a player in it that was a teammate of a guy that's – Officiating it, I get it, but it's, it's unnecessary terrible. and it ruined it for the long term, the big picture for the NBA, and it's ruining it for the fans. That's what sucks. Yeah. Ruined it for the fans. It, it 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 blows my mind. It's it was pretty short sighted. Yeah, how short sighted the NBA was on that, and like, I don't know. It just it because like I, said, I didn't watch it, but now like hearing then, about it, reading about, it, watching some highlights on it, and thinking about it, it's pretty short sighted to have a former teammate be a judge. Yeah. I get the Chicago feel thing. That's fine, but that's that's pretty short sighted. It's almost like it's almost like it'd be really cool if like they had the same judges every year, so you knew like what different judges like like to see in their dunks, and you try to tailor it. Like honestly, I wish I just wish it was the full TNT crew. Just put like Shaq and Charles Barkley and all them. Let them be the judges. That would even be fun, but. I don't know. We'll see what happens. The league will do something because they're going to have to salvage this, and it's still their league, and there's going to be a way to get players to participate. So uh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, counting out the dunk contest. I'm not sure if it'll be fixed by next year, but in time, in time. Well, boys, as we kind of wrap up the pod here, All Star Weekend, we'll finish it with this: one thing you hope for or want to see. In the second half of the season, you can go Pistons related. You can go NBA like general. Up to you. One thing that you want to see in the second half of the season, Aaron. I want to see the Pistons young guys 
start to gel and build some chemistry towards next year. Those young guys being Bruce Brown, Luke Kennard, Svima Hailuk, Sekou Dumboya, and Christian Wood. Yes, Jordan Bone and, and Lewis King in there as well. But of guys that can, you know, do do contracts, be with the Pistons on a nightly basis, on a gamely basis, on a practice basis, I really want to see those five and really start to gel and get to play together. I really want to see Luke back on the court, playing with Sekou, playing with Bruce Brown, uh, playing with Christian Wood. Remember, you know, something that Luke does is he's a, a, a good lob passer. He's a good pick-and-roll threat. I think that has some potential with Christian Wood. I, I think Luke, you know, stabilizes the team a little bit. Not that they're going to go out and win games, but he's a, a presence out there, and I need to see him continue to develop and get back into a rhythm uh, once he gets back on the court. And, again, start to build that chemistry with the rest of the young core on this roster right now because that's, going back to last week's argument, is what the rest of this season is about. It's about the young guys getting to play, getting to develop, getting to fail, making mistakes, and learning from those mistakes, and learning how to win, even in you know even in losses. Learning how to play in close games, even in losses. Because that's what it's going to be. The rest of the season is going to be awful from a, a wins and losses standpoint. They're going to lose a ton of games. But that's not what matters right now. What matters is that the guys that are on your team moving forward and that are part of your future moving forward continue and begin, in the case of Luke Kennard and guys like really Christian Wood and and Seiko Dumboya, get to start gelling and get to build chemistry as a team enters a new era together. I I think it's easy to say that you just want to see Seiko do well and see him come around. I think that's easy to say, and I love that Aaron took the team aspect with the young guys. I'm going to individualize it, and I'm going to go with the main point, Luke Kennard. I need to see Luke Kennard come back and stamp himself as one of the guys going forward. He get, he finds his flow. He's going to be rusty the first few games. He's coming back from being off for 30 games. It's going to happen, but I need to see him. He was on his ascension. I need to see that ascension continue once he finds his flow again back when he's playing. I need that. I need him to stamp himself as, I am one of the future pieces here. I will be signing that extension. They're not looking to trade me. Yeah. I am that guy. Right. That's an underrated thing to look at, too. Like, what's his attitude going to be like? Is he going to come back and Mm -hmm. be playing with the mindset of, you know, shove it at Stefanski. Like, don't even, don't ever, don't ever put my name in trade talks again. Never put me in trade talks again. Don't ever leak that. Don't ever let that get leaked again. I I am here. Like, I I need to see that that is fuel to his fire. Not to be like, screw the Pistons. I'm out of here the second I can be out of here. But I'll show you. I am one of the guys going forward. I can average this amount of points a game. I can be this type of playmaker. I can be a leader for this franchise going forward. Maybe he's not the absolute cornerstone like a Seiku or if they get a nice draft piece this year or anything like that. Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes. That's what I want to see. Killian Hayes, keep ascending. <laughs> hey. um, Killian Hayes, get onto the Pistons roster somehow. Right now. But that's what I need to see. That's what I'm looking for. More than anything else. More than Seku finding himself again, which he's he's 19. He's going to find himself. I'm not necessarily worried about that still. Still not worried about that. Christian Wood's doing his thing. He's fine. Yes, I want to see everyone gel, but I need to see Luke Kennard come back strong and with a vengeance. And what I want to see is both of those things, but I want to see it result in the Pistons being competitive, but not 
winning games. They have no business winning. I'm going to flip this a little bit too. I don't want to see the Pistons in a win streak. I don't want to see the Pistons go out and, and end up with the eighth or ninth pick in the draft because they decided to get hot. They, they go out and they win four or five games in a row that they shouldn't win. That's the difference. Like five or six games could be the difference of picking fifth or picking seventh or eighth, you know? So I don't want to see it. I want Detroit to continue to bottom out. I hope that Charlotte finds a way to win a few extra games, but position yourself for the draft. At the end of the day, this does not have to be a long rebuild. You don't have to, I mean, even if you trade Blake, you're not, you don't have to go on a five-year hiatus of blow it up. You've got pieces in place. Get that draft pick. Position yourself for two or three years of retooling with the young pieces and moving forward as a franchise. That's what I hope for for the second half of the season for Detroit. I don't think you're going to have to worry about any win streaks with this team. I'll tell you what. <laughs> A Reggie, Luke, Seku, Christian Wood, Markeith. Like, that's still a starting lineup that could go out and, like, get hot. Or, you know, Bruce Brown, like, Derrick Rose comes out and decides to have a stud game, puts up 27. Like, it, it, it's just one of those things that I don't expect them to go out and have this tremendous second half of the season, but I could see them finding a way to, like, one five or six game win streak and just getting hot for a little bit and or even just a couple weeks of you know going you know, two and one three and two you know winning five out of seven like some stretch that takes us out of the top five of draft position right now they pick sixth if the season ended today I don't want to get any worse than that I would actually like to get to that top five love to get to that top three but Dwayne top five. Dwayne Casey comes out of the All Star break with a starting lineup of Derrick Rose, Reggie Jackson, Tony Snell, Markeith Morris, and Christian Wood. What? One million percent. You know that's happening. He's not here. <laughs> Some to lose variation games. of it. He's not here to lose games. Langston Galloway's the sixth man, right? Take who's back in the G League with Bone and, and King. Give yeah. me my veterans. I want to win. <laughs> oh man. Well. Hopefully Detroit does not find a way to uh, win a lot of games in the second half of the season. But we're going to be here covering them, whether they win, they lose. PalaceofPistons.com, of course. You can find us on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud. So whether you're looking for the pod, you're looking for the written content, you're looking for the video content, you're looking for the social media content, it's all available. So go ahead, click that subscribe button, click that follow button. And tag along for the ride. The Pistons have a chance to, to do some good things for short-term in terms of draft position, which hopefully leads to long-term in terms of getting some talent here and really finding a way to contend at a high level uh, in the Eastern Conference and beyond. So with that being said, boys, good to be back again. All-star break. Check done. Moving on to the second half of the season. We'll see you next time here on the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.